I'm Claire Manship. And I'm Ian Brodsky. And this is The Thing That Happened This Week. The show where everyone brings a story from the past seven days and we break it down. So hold on to your butts, y'all. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. So listeners, you are hearing a different female voice today. Um, That is because uh, Claire is not at this recording, and instead we have an incredible guest. Uh, Her name is Katrina Mycutt. Hello, Katrina. Hello, Ian. Thanks for having me here today. And I I did pronounce your last name correctly, right? Yes, I was very impressed. Because I remember, so Katrina and I know each other from our first class at the Upright Citizens Brigade uh, Improv 101. And I remember you told me then, and then I just read it in your book. We're going to talk about your book. Um, and I also just wanted to make sure, after reading it and knowing you for all this time, that I was not butchering your name even still. So thank you. No, it's been a while, so it's, I'm very impressed. Yeah, so have you been? It's, yeah, like, it's it's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, I've been very busy. Um have a pretty good art career going, and then I just have my very first nonfiction book come out called The Adventures and Discoveries of a Feminist Bride, What No One Tells You Before You Say I Do. Which I read, you you were generous enough to send me a copy, and it was so great. Like, I really enjoyed it, and I've been telling so many people, because I... This is like the year where like I have friends getting married, so it's just fun to be like reading this while like preparing for these weddings down the road. So, yeah. So, you probably, like, you've done some interviews on it by now, I'm guessing, right? Yes. So, like, so I'm sorry, I'm going to ask you a few questions that you may or may not have, like, answered 9,400 times, but how did, like, this come about? I know that it was a blog first, right? Yeah, it was uh, a blog called thefeministbride.com, where I kind of did something similar to what the book does, Um, where I look at different wedding traditions and I offer alternatives, kind of thinking outside the box ideas that offers more egalitarian ideas for couples. Yeah, which was really cool to read. Like, and there was something you uh, said, um, let me just pull it up. Okay. I bet you never thought you'd read a book about weddings. I don't, I, I, it never like, I don't think I would have if it didn't come up. Yeah. Like, I, I wouldn't have like turned away at it, but I was just like... Like, I'm just, you're right. Like, I don't know if I ever would have. But it makes sense. Like it you does. said, you're going to lots of weddings. Now yeah. this provides so much more context to what you're celebrating, exactly. how you're celebrating. Um, something you wrote, and like, and I thought like it kind of all boiled down to this. Um, you wrote, uh, wedding traditions exist because something has given them meaning, and from meaning, value is derived. Without these qualities, rituals are arbitrary and meaningless actions. Similar, ca- you were talking about wedding cakes. Um, similar cakes, such as retirement or birthday cakes, maintain the same symbol of wealth, health, and plentitude, but not in the context of children. Because I had never known, and I thought it was so interesting to read about how like wedding cakes even are... A symbol of like wishing you luck and fertility and all that kind of stuff. But. Oh yeah, the wedding cake is the biggest sexual innuendo that everyone participates in and likes, but doesn't know why it's there. That was like that was like just hilarious to read. Like that was so like fun to find out. Like, but it makes total sense. It makes right? total sense. Yeah. But yeah, so how like how's like because you're going on a book tour more or less right like how's that all going I'm kind of working on still developing it Uh, I went to Maine recently to share the book I've got an event in Brooklyn in a few weeks and just trying to take it from there I'm a little bit behind on my marketing but (laughs) uh, it's been kind of a 
wild ride. I'm figuring things out as I go. Um, I'm with a really small indie publisher, mm. so they're not really helping me. And mm-hmm. so I'm figuring it out, talking to other writers, and it's it's going. It's going. It's going. That's <laughs> that's what matters. And and all at the same time, you have. A, a one-year-old son or a two-year-old son? He is 20 months. 20 months. Yeah. That's so exciting. I was a bride quite a while ago. Not <laughs> that, that you have to do things in that order. Um, but, yeah, so I've got my plate full. Yeah, you got your plate full, which is, like, it's so great. Like, and I, I not that, like, I'm, tr- like, I'm purposely walking on eggshells, but, like, it's, like, I think it's wonderful that you are balancing, like, all of this at the same time because this is such an awesome career Thing on top of a great life event, like I just, I'm just so happy for you. Oh well, I appreciate that. So yeah. The reality of the situation is that I'm exhausted and a little stressed out. I believe it. <laughs> so, listeners, we tried to schedule this a couple times, and like, thank our stars, thank God our stars aligned, and now we are here finally talking about all this because, um, like, I have been, I feel like we have been watching each other over social media, like, yeah. very informally, mm-hmm. um, and it's just really cool, like, keeping up with your success, because you post about your art, uh, can you talk a little bit about your art and, like, um, what you do with that stuff, because it's really cool stuff. So, I'm a visual artist, and I describe myself as a conceptual embroidery artist, so I specifically do something called cross-stitch, which is little X's. Um, You might be familiar with it because your grandmother did it. It's a really (laughs) gendered craft, Mm -hmm. and what I'm doing is trying to modernize it and demand that it be considered high-end fine art right now it's kind of low end and kitschy and it's not really respected that much um so i'm modernizing it one both in how i make the artwork but i'm also including a lot of imagery that was excluded from it so i'm gonna get real nerdy about please do yeah i love it historically embroidery work was a way to assert very specific feminine identities of what it meant to be a wife a mother a woman but it always excluded those physical components and you can't separate the two like it's essential to just managing your day-to-day identity and so to correct the omission of that physicality i'm cross-stitching every modern product related to women's health body and family planning awesome so condoms birth control i remember seeing pregnancy tests. tests yeah yeah and it's like and you, I know when we were originally going to record this episode, you ha- were either just going to uh, Pennsylvania or... Yeah, I had a big show at Bloomsburg University that just closed recently. Uh, I, I tour pretty extensively, a lot at U.S. colleges. I give lectures there. Um, I exhibit at a, at a lot of galleries. Most recently, I was at the Spring Break Art Fair mm-hmm. um, with Untitled Space. So it's, it's going pretty well. And it's great. The one thing that's really exciting is that I'm going to be taking over Planned Parenthood social media account really really soon yeah that's awesome yeah it's kind of a new thing that companies and organizations are doing with artists where we just share our artwork because there's a shared mission and we're you know they help me but I also help an organization I care a lot about congratulations that's incredible yeah and um it's too bad Claire's not here because she did a whole benefit concert for Planned Parenthood a couple months back. Oh, cool. At 54 Below, which was incredible. It was all, um, it was called The Ladies Who Lunch, and it was all women singing songs, like, about, like, empowering 
uh, yourself as a woman, um, and it all benefited Planned Parenthood. It was really, it was really wonderful. Um, and of course, I went with my other straight white male friend, and we were like, "Yeah, women." No, it was great. great. It was great. Like it felt like it felt cool to be like just part of it. Men I don't can use Planned of Parenthood course. services of too. Of course, yeah. yeah. Um, we met in like. 2015, like early 2015. Was it? I don't even know. I think so. Yes, because that's how I met Red, who then hired me for a show. Okay. Yeah, so I'm um, keeping that connection alive. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what did, like, have you been doing, like, the comedy thing since? Because I know you've reached out to me about a couple things. Like, what have you been up to? Uh, I finished the whole UCB system, both me too. sketch and improv. I haven't done any advanced classes. I'd me like either. to, but I'm, you know, I've got enough on my plate. Yeah. I think improv's great. Uh, I wish everyone took it. I think it's just good life lessons on how to roll with the punches and be mm-hmm. creative. Um, yeah. That always kind of fed into my other projects to keep this humorous side. And then with art and writing, there's always, like, talks you have to get. There's a performative aspect to mm-hmm. it, and I found that improv was really useful. Yeah, same as an actor. Like, it's it, it prepares you for everything. And I remember, like, you were saying, like, it helped with public speaking and that yeah. kind of stuff. And, like, one th- great thing about your book is that, like, it reads, like, I don't want to say, like, um, like, a thesis, but, like, it's both academic and hilarious. Like, it very, like, in my opinion, it very well, like, merges the two. I'm and, really like, glad so, you said that. I'm, I'm, well, you're great. So my analogy right now is that the book is written as if Chelsea Handler wrote a graduate thesis paper that became a social commentary. That, I think that's perfect. I think that's, like, the, the perfect... Because I perfect... share some really embarrassing stories. In oh, that. my God, yeah. But, like, it's... <laughs> It's so wonderful, <laughs> and like, like, and that, like, that's vulnerable and awesome, and like, that's so like, that's like everything. Like, it's like I could babble on like just praising this book, oh, like as like, I, like yes, because you are my friend, and because I'm just like this is just a great book. But yeah, yeah my dad's cu- currently reading it, and I warned him that there are embarrassing stories, like hilarious stories, but embarrassing ones, and that I'm okay with sharing these publicly because that's great. They're kind of private individuals but i'm waiting for that phone call that's like katrina (laughs) what did you share i'm like they're so horrible and hilarious that i had to share them uh where where are you from where'd you grow up i'm from boston massachusetts Uh, okay well everyone says boston but it means outside of boston really okay (laughs) and your parents are still there yeah okay Mm -hmm. were you did you grow up a red sox fan or was it just part of the culture like did you grow up a sports fan at all uh i am a sports fan i don't keep up as much anymore yeah but now that i'm in new york the only team that i can like morally support are the brooklyn cyclones mm. and, like, they're the minor a yeah. team out there they're very fun i respect that yeah um my parents and i took me to a lot of uh, minor league new jersey jackals games growing oh. up because my dad's company like randomly got tickets all the time mm-hmm. yeah so that minor league games are fun they try so hard. They try so hard, and like it's it's so sweet. It's wonderful. It's very very earnest. Yeah, <laughs> that's like that's the best way to put it. I think. Yeah, like earnest. Mm-hmm. And then I like I remember I was like fifteen, sixteen when that was happening, and then I started working for that company when I was eighteen. I was like, oh, I know you. You were smoking a cigarette. You were eating a hot dog. You were like introducing yourself to me, and I was very uncomfortable. Like minor league baseball games, yo. Yeah. But yeah, so what does your husband do? Because I realize I know you. I know nothing about your husband or your son. Well, I call him my spouse. Yes, sorry. My, my apologies, well, your spouse. I, 
there's no need to apologize. Uh, so for listeners right now, I go really in depth as to why the words husband and wife carry with it a lot of social stigma and how I'm not on board with that. Mm-hmm. So spouse is nice and egalitarian. Um, he works in tech. He's like the finance uh-huh. operation guy for tech startups. Awesome. Yeah. It's fun stuff. He says he ends up being sort of dad in the office. Really? <laughs> yeah, he's just managing that, lots of young people. That's and awesome. And savvy tech entrepreneurs. I love it. All right. Um, oh, also, like, I was reading the other day, because, um, like, I read the whole book, but I'm such a slow reader that, like, it took me until yesterday to finish it. Oh, that's fine. Um, but I was I loved your bit about like you and uh, Beyonce being on the same island of uh, how do you pronounce it Neutronomics? Yeah, Neutronomics. Neutronomics. So it's patronymics, matronymics, and a new term called Neutronomics that doesn't exist and should exist. So to explain, patronymics is when uh, women adopt men's name either at birth or. Uh, at marriage. And then matronymics is men who take women's names. The neutronymics is when upon marriage or birth, uh, the person is equally represented either from their original identity or um, their partners or parents and stuff like that. So, like, do you have your father's last name? I have my father's last name. So then you are a patronymics person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I kept my surname... When I got married, so I'm upon marriage like a neutronomics uh, practitioner, and Beyonce <laughs> is now. Oh my god, I'm gonna mess it up. It's Beyonce Knowles Carter, right? Knowles Carter, and Jay Z is Sean Carter Knowles. Mm. So they are both hyphenating it. Um, yeah, there's not many people that are equal. Most, the more common practice, and it's still not even that common is for women to just hyphenate or mm-hmm. make or practice neutronomics but not their partner sure um so it's still really one-sided mm. mm-hmm. and what a time to be alive and writing this book and bring that out to the world because as toxic as it can be there's also a lot of like pushback for the right kinds of directions and people who are listening to this can't see that i'm gesturing to katrina's <laughs> book which is on my kitchen table um but yeah, so like I think it's such a it's just so great to be reading that kind of like empowering stuff like in this bullshit time. Yeah, so we really sort of started writing the book around when same-sex marriage started to become legal. Really? Yeah, it's been a long journey. Mm-hmm. Um but I think it's really great post 2017 with the election year and Trump grabbing pussies and then the women's march. I think women and men are much more excited and engaged in figuring out how to support women Mm -hmm. um, and other minorities for that matter. And so I think that's great and all, but what my book kind of highlights is that that road is going to be harder to achieve if you don't have equality in the home Mm -hmm. and in your personal cultural practices. And that's kind of what my book gets at it looks at the history of each wedding western wedding tradition it analyzes it through economics and linguistics and social psychology and then it offers these egalitarian solutions to eradicate these outdated sexist traditions that we don't know it's there and it's and it's great like it's just and it's really fun to read like 
all. And congratulations on all of it. Thanks. That's what I was hoping for. It's such a personal occasion that when I was doing this research, a lot of people got mad at me for rocking the boat. Oh, yeah. People were pissed. Just like like for like uh, challenging the wedding tradition kind of thing? Yeah. They were like, how dare you challenge something that brings me happiness? And I was like, I'm not trying to make you unhappy. I'm saying there's a way to make it even better and more perfect and happier you just need to accept that there are a few things that need changing. Sure. So, like, for example, a friend of mine wants, like, a lot of traditional kinds of... I don't want to, like... For lack of a better term, practices. But, like, I was telling her, like, yeah, I'm reading this great book. Um, it kind of breaks down all these wedding traditions. And she was like, oh, I don't want it, like, ruined for me. And I'm like, it's like, it doesn't ruin it. No! Like, it doesn't ruin it. But, like, so, like, I don't want to say, like, what do you think of or what do you make of? But, like, I guess, like, what do you make of, like, someone who wants kind of like the traditional like asking the like asking the uh the bride's family and yeah, like yeah. Pr- uh the g- getting down on one knee and proposing because that was also a really cool um like history like the getting down on one knee um kind of wants that tradition like a lot of those traditional things but like also wants to further the cause in a way i guess like so to your friend who doesn't want her bubble burst, I don't think my book does that. I, I might agree. Pop I a agree. Bubble, but then I seal it back up. I agree. Like a little yeah. Um, so to put it into context, the average U.S. wedding costs about thirty-five thousand dollars, and that doesn't include the honeymoon. And like college costs something similar. I was going to say my a- college tuition was around that much. Yeah, and then a car costs similar. And we're talking about a one-day party, right? And you anyone has probably done more research into buying a car or researching what school to go to than they do in a one-day party that costs as much or more than some of those endeavors. So to your friend, I would say investing and learning about what you're buying into is going to create a much more special experience because it becomes more meaningful when you learn the meaning of these things. Mm. And when you learn that some of these things aren't so great like I give the book outlines all the tools to still sort of maintain what is special about them Mm. and because it also asks that men invest themselves more into this process like don't revert to this gender gendering where women just plan weddings like it becomes much more of a team effort which I loved like I loved all I loved that point like and like that's just like that's just fun that just sounds fun like yeah, make, you're, it, make it your teamwork. You're going to be a team, hopefully, for the rest of your life. This is the event that kicks it off. Why wouldn't you practice being on a team together? Yeah, oh, I love that. That's like yeah. so sweet. <laughs> like that's so that's so great. And if your friend still doesn't like some of the ideas that I'm proposing, I at least offer these stories. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's get into the thing that happened this week. Okay, you should go. All right. So my thing that happened this week is a little vulnerable. Um, it's a combination of the thing that happened this week and the thing that's happening this week. Um, and that is that I signed up for therapy. Oh, yeah, for good the for you. thank you. So um, that's a very New York thing to do, by the way. Right. Um, <laughs> so I went to therapy as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and like that was great and like highly recommend it and then both of my parents like went like also went into therapy and then have been like in and out of it since like just because it's a good thing to do and um lately like over the past couple months like I had been feeling just down I'd been feeling depressed and like I don't know if like you go back into these episodes and maybe you pick up on it like I don't like I fun fact guys I don't listen to my own episodes because at least not a whole lot because like I hate the sound of my voice and I always like and I'm so self-critical that I listened to what I said and I said you said it that way and you sound like that kid man you have problems so I have been just kind of feeling like down over the past few months and like it's a roller coaster and um it comes in waves, and some days are better than others, but um, it's something that I decided, like, I should talk to someone about it, and it's never been, it's gotten dark, it's never gotten to a harmful level, thank God, but, like, it's, um, it's, uh, it's time, it's time for me to talk to someone, and this week I set up that appointment, um, and then maybe next week the thing that happened this week will be the, about the appointment, I don't know, but, um, it's, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Well, I want to commend you for that because I think needing to talk to someone about what they're going through happens to most people. And a lot of people aren't strong enough to say, hey, I need help. And for you to do that, I think you're probably already on a better footing than you think you are. Thank you. Just through that gesture. Thank you. I, it's, I appreciate that. That's, that's cool to hear. Um, and, like, I'm very bad at, like, talking to people about how I feel. Like, less about, like, opening up and more about, like, well, I know I have so much going for me. Like, there's so much I have to be thankful for. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have anything to, like, to feel down about, but I still feel down about stuff. So, it's, uh, it's gonna be, it's, it's gonna start, um, an interesting journey and, uh, let's see where this, let's, we'll see where it takes me and... I'm very lucky that I work with a group of people who um, also have been through it recently and have been sharing their successes with that. And it's, uh, it, I don't want to say it's changed them, but like the words of like advice and sort of their point of view on things and their input on just uh, certain topics of how to live your life and how to like solve a problem and or face a challenge. Um, it's been really cool to watch them grow through that and to befriend those people that way. Um, and, like, I'm a big fan of therapy. Like, I'm a, I, always, I always recommend it. Like, it's, it's a great thing. And, like, it's very in right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's so in right now. Like, you are saying it's such a New York thing, too. It, I was talking with someone yesterday about the little check mark boxes that you need to do in order to consider yourself a New Yorker and I oh, yeah? think going to therapy might be one of those boxes. Wait, really? Oh, that's yeah. so funny. Yeah. Uh that's okay, check check and check. <laughs> but I'm congratulations for taking that first step and I hope it works Thank out for you. you. Thank you. Um have you ever done therapy? Like you don't have to talk about it or anything. Not but... really. I write books. Exactly. When I face have a problem that I need to face and deconstruct and then put back together. Yeah. So that's like that's your way of coping and everything. Yeah, because I started the book because I am a terrible, terrible bridesmaid. Like, Real Oh yeah, you did talk about yeah. that. Um, in a very hilarious way, might I add. Yeah, but you know, I talk about an incident where I got kicked out of a wedding party and that was horribly painful. Mm-hmm. Um 
and I just worked it out on the page. That's great. And for me, sometimes that sometimes that's like dancing or music for me, but sometimes it's not. And yeah, and it's good to talk to people. Absolutely, it's good to talk, especially to an unbiased person. Mm-hmm. So that's my thing this week, and um, it's. It's been a minute since Claire and I met up and talked, so I was like trying to like think like what has happened to me in these past couple weeks, and then I realized well this is like actually kind of like a big thing like it's it's a casual thing especially being in New York but like it's um it's 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 uh not something to not recognize mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah. I played softball in a league last night for the first time in maybe at least 10 years. Yeah. I was a huge softball person growing up. Um, I quit halfway through high school because of bullying on the softball team. Really? And yeah, I went to track and that ended up being great and I mm-hmm. played in college and everything. But uh, I always missed it. You yeah? Know, it, it was one of those iconic things about my childhood was playing softball and it was really great to come back to it. I'm feeling it today a little bit, a little aches and pains, different muscles haven't been used in a long time, (laughs) but it was perfect. It was 80 degrees last night. We played Mm. into the night, cool breeze. It was just perfect. Is that a regular thing now? Like, do you guys meet regularly or is that kind of a, twice a week. That's awesome. And then a game once a week. Nice. They're a little hardcore. That's great. Like that must be fun. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I'm a little (laughs) rusty still getting into it. Um, even I'm like, oh, I have to remember the rules. <laughs> so, so you played in you played softball in college, or you did track in college? No, I did track in college. Got it. I quit softball halfway through high school. Yes. Okay. And uh, what kind of track did you do? I was a thrower. I Ooh. threw the discus and the javelin. Like, if there is ever a medieval war that happens unexpectedly, I'm very qualified to participate. <laughs> <laughs> I shot Katrina's team. Yeah. <laughs> Shopping on that team. Uh, that's that's awesome. And where do you play? Like, is that in Brooklyn or is that like... We play in Prospect Park in Brooklyn. I love Prospect Park. It's amazing. Do you live around there? I live like a half block from there. No shit. Yeah. I have family that lives like on Prospect Park West. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really I used to dog sit there too. Like, that's such a great area. Yeah. People, you don't understand what a park is meant to be and how it's supposed to be used until you go to Prospect Park. Yes. Exactly. Like, like, it is insane. And, like, there are parts of it, like, I would go, like, hang out with my family and then go to the park and go to that side. And then, like, a few months later, my friend invited me to a birthday party in Prospect Park on the other side mm-hmm. of the park. And, like, it's such a beautiful place. Like, I kind of feel that way about the Cloisters, too, which is, like, my uh, Fort Tryon Park, which is my favorite place yeah, in the city. Nice. But, yeah, that's great. Like, and that was your first time in a while. Oh, yeah. I played recreationally at least 10 years ago with like a co-worker but mm-hmm. it's been a long time and so like just like uh like w- like with the family aspect like does your husband work more of like a nine-to-five kind of job he yes but often when the kid goes to bed he's going back to work because oh okay he is on the executive team so there's lots of work to sure. be done but I kind of work that way, too, so Great. it works out. But he watches it's our kid while I play softball. Great. That's awesome. Yeah. very. He's very good about making sure he pitches in and uh, things are equal in the home. That's great. Yeah. And like especially, he married a feminist bride. I was going to say, he's like, I didn't doubt it for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, the whole art, like, the whole artist life, like, it's, like, 
the, like, I just, like, admire so much how you balance, like, all of those aspects, like... I'm glad just, it looks that way, because it doesn't feel it that doesn't way. It doesn't feel that way? No. I get that, like... It's, it's whenever you have a minute uh, to work, or you're not napping. It's really? Like you squeeze in a lot of naps, yeah. and you work constantly. Like, I kind of feel the same, like, on the acting front, because, yeah. like, I was talking to, um, like, some of the younger kids from my alma mater, and, like, this is going to be, I guess, tangent number one, um... So, like, I would go, like, up to my alma mater upstate, and then, like, I would talk to some of the kids, like, that are there now, and, like, some of them had been friends with me on Facebook already, but then they would be like, wow, like, so, like, you're only a few years out of college, and you're, like, you're killing it in the game, and I'm like, am I? Like, that, it doesn't feel that way, because when, like, you, like, inside of the picture, like, you kind of don't really see it, like, yeah. or, like, or... At least, like, in my case, like, I know I'm kind of, like, critical in that way. Like, like yeah, like, I'm working on this thing, but I also have to, like, make my rent. And I still have a day job, and, like, I have these things to do. Like, and it doesn't always feel like, uh, it doesn't always feel like you're doing the thing, for lack I, of a better term. I think that's probably pretty typical of artists. We just don't want to let other artists know that it's not all rosy. Right. Um, you know, I, we're probably inherently self-critical. Mm-hmm. And the thing about all these opportunities, at least this is what I find with myself, is that you hit a milestone or you have like a, a moment of success and you just don't know when the next moment of success after That's that so is going true. to come. Um, like I exhibit really well, but the last one could be my absolute last and I'll never exhibit ever again. There's always that fear. So it's it's hard not to get into your head. And plus, I work alone. Yeah. All the time. When I went to school, no one would tell me that after I leave school, like, I'm pretty much working by myself and quiet. It's so true. And you're your, you're, 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 you are your only coworker, mm-hmm. and you're there with your self-criticalness. Yeah. And, yeah. I and you know, didn't, it's tough. And you went to school for business, right? Undergrad business, and then I got my master's of fine arts in studio. Got art. it. Got it, got it. Cool. Which everyone says is the most useless masters to ever get, but I, I think it's worth. I mean, clearly, well. yeah, clearly it worked out for like, like from outside the picture, it looks like it worked out for you. Yeah, I joke that it is a degree in failure. So mm. all these moments we're talking about of like, oh no, I'm failing, even though you're having successes, like it just gives you a. A thick skin. It has this whiplash effect, like the it movie, does. Yeah. where you beat yourself up, and then you're like, "No, I'm gonna come out stronger." Exactly. Oh man, that's 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 right. I've never, man. I think you, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I know. Well, <laughs> it's not for the faint of heart. It's not being an artist. Yeah. In any vein. And then you get to and then you get to do softball to like blow off steam. No. Like, that's awesome. We went out for drinks afterward. Yeah. And everyone's chatting and um, having a good time. And I was like, oh, I need to hang out with non-artist people. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> There's just a different, like, uh, social ability and talking and thinking level that I'm, like, artists are very serious. Yeah. A lot of the time. Yes. So it was a good oh. reminder to have diverse friends. To, to spread your wings a little bit. Oh, That's great. Oh, man. So... Thank you for sh- like thank you for uh, sharing that thing that happened this week. Like it's thank you. it's great to like get that uh, like to rediscover an outlet like that. 
Yeah, balance, life balance is hard to come by, but extremely important to have. It's true. And I'm a Libra, so, like, that's, like, a thing. Not that I'm, like, a Zodiac person, but, mm-hmm. like, I see my son, like, yeah, balance that checks out. Maybe you need a softball league. Maybe I <laughs> That would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be hilarious, because I am the least sporty person. Not the least sporty person, but I am not an athletic, I don't have an affinity towards it. Oh, well, it's still nice to get out. It's true. It's true. All right, ready for the quiz time? Okay. So I, I it's I promise it's very it's very chill. Like we're not gonna like gotcha or anything. Okay. Which I guess I used as a verb. Um. So, uh, Katrina Mycut. Yes. What are you watching and listening to this week? Oh, billions, billions, billions. The show or yeah. billions of things. No, the show. Okay. That's the most recent one. Anything else? Uh, I kind of came from that world. Like, oh, yeah? Once upon a time when I got out of undergrad school, so it's a little weird. All right. Um, it's familiar, but it's also absurd. Mm-hmm. But it's also kind of fun to cool. see it again. Yeah. Uh, what about listening to? Ah, I really like Sia. Yeah? Oh, I love her. Yeah. She's incredible. Um... My problem with, like, listening on Spotify is that I find new music and I never pay attention to who is actually singing the song. Okay. It's not like the radio where, like, that was just blah, blah, blah yeah. listening to. So it's very hard for me to learn who I'm actually listening to. But Got Sia it. is a consistent one. Oh, nice. Sorry, Claire, I did these questions out of order. I'll get, oh, no. I'll get back to it. Okay, so question number one. What are you obsessed with this week? Rosé wine, because the weather calls for it. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, nice. New York's so weird. It goes from winter. We had snow a few weeks ago. It's true. Spring happens over a few days, and then it goes directly into summer. You're like, what am I going to drink? Oh, rosé. Rosé. Exactly. Yeah. Amazing. Quest, uh, question number two is more of a, a, a game. So uh, we're going to do three fingers up, and we're going to play a little Never Have I Ever. Oh, no. Okay. Or, well, I'm going to Never Have I Ever. Okay. Um, and Claire's probably going to yell at me for reusing some, maybe. But So Never Have I Ever Broken a Bone. So that Yes, I have. Okay, so that's one down. <laughs> okay. Um, never Have I Ever uh, Traveled to Asia, the continent of Asia or any of its countries. I have been there. I did semester at sea in college, so it went everywhere. Where at? Oh, oh, semester at sea. Got it. Yeah, we went everywhere. Nice. So that's two. Uh, never have I ever gone camping. Love camping. Okay, that was that's three. You and I are not doing the same. We're things. not doing the same things. Like, <laughs> great. Um, um, good for you though. That all sounds like a, I mean, not breaking a bone, but no, mm. but semester at sea sounds fun. Oh, best life decision I've ever made. It's right up there with having a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this is tangent number two, but like, like, what does that mean? This is the second person I've met that like has done a semester at sea. So is it that like you live on a boat or? Yeah. So they convert essentially a cruise ship to an academic institution. And while you're at sea, you take all your classes. So when you cross the Pacific, you're taking two weeks straight of classes. There aren't any mm. weekends. And so weekends add up when you get into port and you usually have about five days in a different port and you go to 10 different countries, and that's a semester long. Wow. Yeah. It, it is amazing. I have climbed the Great Wall of China. I've been to the Taj Mahal. I've gone on safari. I've met Archbishop Desmond Tutu. I've been to Cuba, where Fidel gave us a talk. Cool. Um, the list of things that I've done, I don't know if I'll ever 
get to do. And the friends that I made are some of my nearest and dearest to this day. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that. And thus ended tangent number two. Um, We talked about watching and listening to. um, Question number four. Without cheating, who was the last person you texted aside from me? Oh, some random person on Instagram. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Uh, People reach out to me about my art all the time. And so I was responding to. Oh, cool. Like some requests that they had about it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I never know how to respond to people on Instagram because sometimes I get direct messages from people I don't know about, like, work that I've done, and I'm like, I don't know. It's very weird. I get messaged from people overseas in the UK all the time. I have never exhibited my art over there, but both the feminist bride work and my art's popular over there. So That's amazing. Students reaching out to me all the time to do research papers. That's so cool. How did you learn about me? Oh my God, that's incredible. It's weird. I don't, I can't explain it. Oh my God, I love that. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, All right, and finally, question number five. Um, Our favorite question here at The Thing That Happened This Week. One person, alive or dead, who you may or may not know, Mm. who you'd like to wish well this week. You know, Whitney Houston popped into my head because you were talking about dancing as a way to feel good about yourself. And I was like, oh, you got to dance to Whitney is what I thought. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I say hello uh, to Whitney Houston. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. All right. And so finally, we each do a mazel of the week. Like, I don't know if you're aware of um, like the Andy Cohen uh, catalog of work, but we just congratulate someone... Or something this week. It could be an event. It could be someone you know. It's kind of along the lines of wishing well, but um, a little more uh, here and now. All right. Well, I'm going to wish Cecile Richards of Planned Parenthood well. She just had a book come out, and she's leaving Planned Parenthood. Really? Yeah, she announced it this week. And since I'm going to be working with them really soon, and I appreciate everything that she's done, because she took a lot of heat for the organization the last few years. Yeah. So I just want to tip my hat to her and all that she's done for women in the organization. Mazel. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. And I I think my mazel is going to be... I think I'm going to do it to Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, which I'm sure I've done in the past. I've wished her well in the past, but I... Think she is just a wonderful progressive powerhouse of a woman who recently brought to the forefront this idea where you uh, post offices will provide small like low interest loans. Huh. Yeah. So like that, it kind of not nullifies, but it provides a great alternative to that payday loan kind of system hmm. because every every district and every neighborhood has a post office. If everyone, if every neighborhood offered like a small loan just to help like lower income families get on their feet then that could be helpful like lower than the federal interest rate i don't know i forget i forget off the top of my head like i know i like read it once but i just remember thinking like that's a good idea it's interesting especially since the u.s postal service is losing money Yay! They're diversifying their services. Oh, man. So maybe it'll make it work. Yeah, maybe it's... There's probably... I'm sure there's more research I have to... There's definitely more research I have to do on it. But yeah. I remember... Like, I just think I just think it's a really cool, innovative thing. And, um, 
Mazel. Mazel to Mazel her. Mazel, Ms. Gillibrand. I, I heard her talk at uh, the Brooklyn Art Museum, and she was so smart and impressive in person that it was just like, wow, That's so you're cool. going places. I love it. Yeah. All right. Um, anything you'd like to plug? Well, yes. If you are interested, listeners, to learning more about wedding culture, even if you're not getting married or just going to weddings and want a little bit more knowledge about all these big parties you're going to, please check out my book, The Adventures and Discoveries of a Feminist Bride, What No One Tells You Before You Say I Do. It's it's a really great book. Like it's I appreciate like, I really enjoyed it. Like I highly recommend. Um cool. Um you can find me at iBroski on Twitter and Instagram and at Brodsky Ian on Facebook. Um, where can they find you on social media, Katrina? You can find me at Katrina Mikeit, which is M-A-J-K-U-T. Yeah, and you post uh, some of your artwork on your Instagram, I know, and it's a really cool like look into the stuff you do. Thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess it's a little edgy between art and writing and life in general. Great. Um and you can find the show at This Week's Thing on Twitter, thisweeksthing at gmail.com. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, um, pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. Make sure you like, comment, rate, subscribe. I haven't done an outro in a while, so I'm wondering if I'm am missing anything. Um, but make sure you write into thisweeksthing at gmail.com and uh, if you have a thing that happened to you this week maybe we'll read it on the air because we'd love to hear from you guys tell your friends tell your dogs tell your enemies rate us five stars and um on that note um I'm Ian Brodsky and I'm Katrina Mikett and that was the thing that happened this week Katrina thank you so much for being here we did it we did it